Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war last three years have shown us anything. It is how crucially important it is to have representatives who champion medical freedom, informed consent, and who will protect their constituents from government overreach. Today I wanted to shine a spotlight on an exceptional candidate who I am endorsing for Tennessee State Senate in District 18, Chris Spencer. In a time where individual liberties and personal choices are being tested, Chris Spencer emerges as a beacon of hope, advocating for the fundamental rights of every Tennessean. As we navigate through uncertain times, it is more crucial than ever to have representatives who fiercely defend our right to bodily autonomy, religious freedom, and our inherent right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Chris Spencer, with his unwavering commitment to the principles of freedom and limited government, understands the significance of allowing individuals to make their own healthcare decisions. He recognizes that every person should have the right to choose their medical treatments free from undue influence or coercion. Moreover, he understands the dangers of government overreach and the potential infringement on personal freedoms. He believes that constituents should be protected from unnecessary regulations and policies that hinder their ability to make informed decisions about their health and their well being. As we explore Chris's journey and how it brought him to where he is today, it becomes clear that his dedication to defending medical freedom and informed consent stems from his genuine care for the people he seeks to represent. He's not just a politician, but a public servant who understands the importance of listening to constituents, valuing their voices, and fighting for their rights. Chris seeks to empower individuals, protect their liberties, and ensure that government serves the people rather than dictate their choices. Now, during our discussion today, I hope to shed some light on the critical role that our elected officials play in safeguarding medical freedom, informed consent, and protecting constituents from government overreach. I've known Chris for several years, and I can say without hesitation that he exemplifies the dedication and passion required to champion these vital causes. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can now submit those to any of us by sending them directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We will be featuring your questions and comments every Monday on a special Q&A episode with the nurses. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you're able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Joining me today is candidate for Tennessee State Senate, District 18, and someone I am very proud to call a friend, Chris Spencer. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. 
Thanks for having me on your show, Kimberly. What a what an introduction and and amen to every word that you said. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to have you running. Um, you know, it's been a, a very contentious three years um, in here in Tennessee, where we wouldn't have expected to have have it be such a struggle. Yeah, it, it was definitely a struggle, and of course, um, you were a big help to the people in Sumner County. I mean, um, it was amazing going back to uh, some of our friends that, that were getting sick and, and some of them couldn't get even ivermectin um, to, to help them because they were, they were stopping the drugstores, even in our, uh, yeah. uh, our red county of Sumner County and people like you and, and Kurt Riley and, and several of our patriots, we, we get, you know, got doctors that would actually prescribe it. And, one of my friend's mother got very, very sick with COVID and, and uh, we got her a prescription of ivermectin that she could not get in Murfreesboro. And she came um, and got that here in Sumner County. And she said, she says it's that it saved her life. She went to the emergency room and they wanted to uh, intubate her and everything. And uh, her son took her home and, and then called me and we got that. And she was, she was, Better. I mean, she was like totally fine within four days after after taking ivermectin. So it, it was awesome, and you were definitely a patriot of many people here in Sumner County. Thank you. Yeah, it was an interesting time, and and as you mentioned, you know, people were going into the hospitals and they were pushing um, early intubation, which was absolutely absurd when we knew eighty percent of those people that got on a ventilator weren't coming off of it. Um, so the absurdity of that when we had safe, effective uh, therapeutics available. It, that was the most egregious thing I have seen in my nearly 30 years in healthcare, and a big part of the reason that I had to walk away. Um, so I think you know more than more than ever, it is so crucial that we have representation that is going to be looking out for the the citizens of Tennessee. And I can't tell you, Chris, how many times I have tried. I've tried to get in front of as many elected officials around the country, not just here in Tennessee but around the country um, to let them know what is happening inside the hospitals, inside the doors of these hospitals that really embed themselves into our communities, right? Um, so it makes it so people don't wanna speak out against these hospitals, uh, these large hospital corporations who again, embed themselves into the communities and make it really difficult for people to step up and, and stand for what's right. But these are people in our own community, our neighbors, our friends, our family, that are going into the hospital seeking treatment and they are they're systematically being murdered for mm -hmm. profit well I, yeah we're i have not figured in, out a nice way to say it yeah <laughs> well um we are living in uh very troubling times i mean we of course we just came out of it um but you're right um i mean it's one of the reasons that i decided uh, to run here for state senate, um, and, it, and what's strange about it is really I, I'm I'm a I'm a freedom guy, so I, I want to go back to our constitution, and you know I I can understand some of the reaction that we had um, early on, even though I didn't agree with it. Right? I mean, even um, President Trump, which I I, I beloved, um, he listened to some of the wrong people 
uh, in the early stages of this, but he was in a no win situation, right? I mean, yeah. if he would have done nothing, then they would have blamed him for for all of the deaths, regardless. They ended up blaming him anyways. But yeah. but he he was in such a tough tough position for that, and of course they scared everybody. Um, but I was never scared, you know. I I never fell into that trap that we had to disregard our constitutional rights, and we never should. You know, we never have in in this country. Uh, before, prior to prior to this. So it was one of the biggest mistakes that President Trump did was, you know, it was to allow uh, Fauci and, and, and the rest of them to overtake his administration. Basically, that that's what happened. And, and I'm sure you you agree with me that yeah. um, that basically this was definitely unleashed by China uh, on the United States or on the world, really. But it I think their goal was to defeat Donald Trump's presidency because he was we were just kicking China's butt during this time. We we were just absolutely kicking their butt. Um, And and I think it might be more, I mean, probably more than likely China, but I think that they're not the only one at play. I think that it's a really uh, I think it's a collaborative effort. And, you know, with the uh, World Health Organization, I think it's a a lot. Uh, United Nations, all of it. I don't think it's just China. Well, we missed a valuable opportunity to, to promote health and eating right and exercise and everything. It's, instead, our government uh, pushed a shot that they, they called a vaccine that you and I know is not mm-hmm. a vaccine. And um, our current state senator, who is a pharmacist, mm-hmm. he used everything in his power uh, to not just promote people to get the vaccine, but but even children to get this vaccine, it was on his agenda from from the get go, you know. Right. And, and, and that's he, why I'm not a big fan. I'm not a fan of uh, Farrell Hale, who is uh, our current Tennessee <clears throat> state senator. I'm not a fan, um, and mostly because of that, because he did um, push for this. It's not a vaccine. I won't call it that. I'm going to call it a jab or a shot or a gene therapy or whatever we want to call it. But it definitely does not meet the uh, definition of a vaccine. Um, he pushed that and his only rationale for pushing it was that he was a pharmacist. Yes. So that's what he had to do. And which to me is absolutely absurd. If you're a pharmacist or you're a physician or you're a nurse or you're a healthcare professional in any capacity, what you should be doing is you should be thinking critically and asking questions. You know, they say um, you can't question the science. Well, I mean, the very premise of science mm-hmm. is a question. Yes. Yeah. For, for- one hundred percent. I mean, it 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 is, you know. If, speaking of of my opponent, Farrell Hale, um, he he had because he's the chairman of the health committee uh, for for the Senate. He's a very powerful man, but his other Republicans, uh, they believed that he they believed him, right? They 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 trusted in that he knew what he was doing, and he convinced. I think 16 or 18 of those senators in July of 21 to sign a letter and push that out to basically the whole goal was it it was to blame people who were unvaccinated and basically saying that the the ones that were going to the hospital at the time were from the unvaccinated and blaming the unvaccinated on the politicization of uh, not getting the vaccine and and he used that 
which was all a lie, yeah. used that to to coerce, I guess, to coerce the public here in Tennessee statewide to go get the vaccine. And I can tell you, um, I never got the vaccine and I don't think I ever got COVID. And, and my, my wife's the same. And I mean, I was flying across country during this time when we were allowed to fly on business. And, uh, but I never got sick. And, and so I, I know people were getting sick. I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss that people were not getting sick. I know they were, they were, they were, I had friends, you know, close friend of ours was very sick, many of them, but they were blamed that they were blaming COVID. And I really don't think it was COVID that was making people sick. I oh, think it was it wasn't. flu. It was pneumonia. Um, no, you know what it was, Chris? It was it was not really COVID. So people were getting COVID and not, not to say that COVID isn't a thing. COVID was a thing, whatever mm -hmm. it was. But here's what's happening. Most people that if they stayed home fared very well. They did just fine, um, especially if they had ivermectin. But even if they didn't, they may have been sick for a little bit, but they got over it. What mm -hmm. was happening were people, The I mean, the media put the fear of God into everybody, right? Yes. And then what's happening is they're they're running to the hospital for whatever sniffle. They pop up with a positive COVID diagnosis. They get admitted to the hospital. Uh, not right away though, because what they would actually do when they would they would tell these people, well, you have COVID. Now you're you're doing good right now, but when you can't breathe, don't do anything. Go home. Don't do anything at all. But if you can't breathe, come back. We were literally sending people home without any type of treatment whatsoever and saying, come back when you can't breathe. Why is that, right? They changed the admission criteria to be, you had to have an oxygen, a blood saturated oxygen level lower than 88% to qualify for admission because now you're a candidate for a ventilator. Yeah. It, it was yeah, the most egregious all, thing yeah, I've ever seen. $60,000, I think it was, for each time they innovated somebody. Wasn't that, in, wasn't that in Tennessee, the average COVID admission all, all together, all told, was about 266000 per person, per wow person um, in the state of Tennessee. And that that um, number varies widely from uh, different states. I think in West Virginia, actually, they were getting up to 400,000. Um, it's based on the, the state's uh, Medicare reimbursements. So if they had like a lot more Medicare patients in that particular state, then the reimbursements would be higher. Um, but but what was happening Chris was they, they were they were um, bringing them in and then they were putting them on medication at remdesivir. It wasn't COVID killing these patients. It was the complete and total medical mismanagement of COVID yeah. and malfeasance that was killing these patients. It was remdesivir that was shutting their organs down yeah. and killing these patients, all while denying them safe and effective medications. It's why I left bedside nursing. And this is happening in hospitals all across this country and certainly right here in Sumner County. So, you know, I would implore you um, when you get elected, and I'm going to say when you get elected, I, I please do everything you can, um, you know, and, and work with me uh, to get the to get in front of these elected officials. And I want an investigation into these hospitals and what has happened, what they have allowed to happen to, again, our friends, family and neighbors right here in Sumner County. I had so many patients that did not need to die. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Farrell Hale also was uh, part of the group to uh, basically stop pharmacists from prescribing these yes. life-saving medicines. I mean, you got to think about that. Yeah. I mean, 
And he knows better. He's a he's a pharmacist. Yeah. Like he loves to tout. He's a pharmacist. He should know ivermectin is not a horse paste. He should oh. know ivermectin is a safe, effective uh, medication that has been uh, given billions of doses for decades. Decades. Yeah, it, it's one. Of, it's probably the most important medicine uh, that we that has ever been made. I mean, it, it has so many different yeah. uh, uses. It's, uh, but, it's literally on the WHO's list of essential medications on their website. I, I know. And, and you can't and make you this got, stuff up. You can't make it up. And it's amazing how powerful the media is, right? right? I mean, the media. I mean, think about that. That whole time that we went through, the media convinced you that you were going to die if you didn't wear a mask. Yeah. And if you didn't get this vaccines jab that you were going to die and and, and they convinced them in a, a, a rage that they went against their family members and friends and stopped being friends you know um, with with people because some of us chose medical freedom and we believe that it wasn't that big of a deal that our our god-given immune systems, would take care of it for most of us. 99.9% of us would would be fine. Maybe some of us get a little sicker, but but God's immune system is is absolutely amazing. But I mean, just think of the power that the media has been able to do to divide our country. And some are waking up, Kim, but not enough. As I walk every day talking to voters, it's almost like they forgot about time that we shut our country down for COVID. It's 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 almost like they have not they have not blamed the government for for what it done, what it had and it did. It may be the ones that lost their businesses and jobs, yes. But but I, I I just think that it's such a big issue. It should be such a big issue so that it could never happen again. I mean, oh, that was I think 2020 was a dress rehearsal for what is to come down the pike that that is for certain. Um, They were trying to test compliance and and they got a great result. Every uh, so many people complied easily because, you know, as you mentioned, fear is a very strong proponent. Right. It's. Uh, they the constant fear porn the death ticker on um on the on the tv 24 by 7 just telling us how many people are dying of covid mm-hmm. um, was was absolutely insane and ridiculous and these younger the younger generation the anxiety i've never seen so much medical anxiety um in my life that i've seen in this younger generation they are so frightened uh, to breathe they won't even breathe air at this point um so it's it's really hard to say that if this happened again, that so many people wouldn't just kind of roll over and and comply and um, and listen to everything that the government says. But it, it goes back to, to a lot of that implicit trust in the white coat, as you were saying, well, Farrell convinced everybody because everybody thinks that Farrell knows better, right? Because he's a pharmacist. Yeah. He's, he's, he should know and he should know. Um, whether he does or not, I don't know what's more frightening, that he would remain complicit in this complete and total lie or that he doesn't know any better when he should. Which one of those scenarios is more frightening? I ask that question all the time. Uh, and, and for me, I don't know which is more frightening. Well, yeah, I mean, well, he's, he definitely, I mean, he had an answer uh, at the 
our Sumner County Republican breakfast that basically, well, we didn't know any better. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't like that answer from him. Uh, it one, it may it, it it's an answer of fear, right? We didn't know any better. But you took an oath that you were going to comply with the citizens and their constitutional rights. And when you basically, um, by the way, well, we haven't talked about this yet, but 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 Mr. Hale served as the ad hoc chairman to study the powers of uh, Tennessee that the government has during a emergency, the emergency powers. And he, he chaired that, believe it or not. And we had hearings here um, for days and experts come to Tennessee. And at the end of the day, what they ended up doing was they basically said, okay, governor, do what you want, right? Do what you want. So they basically gave over the legislative powers to Governor Lee. And, and, and so we had two, two we were supposed to have three branches of government. But for this issue, we have two branches of government now because the, the Senate basically gave over their legislative powers to Governor Lee. And so what does Governor Lee do? He uses those powers and, and, and he does it in a kind of smart way. He doesn't lock down the state, but he allows the county mayors in each part of the state to do their own COVID uh, restrictions, you know, on a local basis. And so that's where our county mayor received their power to lock us down, put us in mass mandates you know, and, and make things like church, uh, you know, unessential and, and, and everything else. So it was a, but, but I don't give him a pass for that. Right. I mean, it's just, you, you don't deserve to govern anymore when you take your, your biggest responsibility. And that is to preserve our liberties for your constituents. And you, you just hand it over that, that easy because you're a coward. And, and you don't want to tell the governor, no, you cannot do this. Um, and, and he should pay a price for that. Anybody should pay a price for that, for, for giving away our liberties. So, Absolutely. so frivolous. Yeah. And we, like I said, it, it, it came down to, um, I couldn't believe how many nurses were being fired and other professions were being fired for these mandates, which mandates, by the way, are not laws, um, but were being, were being terminated from their job. You know, I, I had worked through the entire pandemic. I ended up being exempted. I, I left my uh, my career as a bedside nurse. I was working from home doing telephone triage nursing at the time, and I, you know, prayerfully, I had been exempted from the mandates um, as a work from home employee. But I ended up resigning because they wanted me to to tout the job as safe and effective for children, and I absolutely refused. We all have to have that line in the sand, and for me, it was when they started coming for children. I said no more. I'm not doing this and, and I resigned from my position. But the fact that so many in this state, in this red state of Tennessee were fighting, and I'm sorry um, to anybody who really loves Governor Lee, but Governor Lee didn't do a whole lot to stand for us either. And wow. I can remember going uh, up to the Capitol and going to, to Governor Lee's office. I, I've got a video of it somewhere with me try, trying to get a meeting with him. Um, I spoke with many of our representatives locally here in uh, Tennessee that I know and, um, you know, try, hey, can, can you get me a meeting with the governor and let, let me talk to him about, you know, the work that we're doing with Nurse Freedom Network on behalf of these fired nurses. I need to 
to get with in, in front of Governor Lee and let him hear me and nothing, nothing, not for three years later, I still haven't been able to get in front of Governor Lee. But but you you do talk a lot about your commitment to preserving our individual freedoms and, and limited government. How do you plan to carry these values into your role as state senator? Well, the one thing is, is I believe in, in medical freedom. So if, if an issue like this came uh, again, um, I would say that, look, um, I'm not I'm not going to uh, I think you have a choice if you, after you study uh, the vaccines that they're trying to push or the treatments that they're trying to push, everyone should make their own decision based upon their own educated mind and and study the issue themselves and let them make determination. So I would never uh, do any type of mandates uh, health-wise. That's up to the individual. If you want to wear a mask, so be it. I, I, I don't, I don't, I won't laugh at you and I, I get it, right? Yeah. You can, you can do that. But if I don't want to wear a mask, then, and, then I choose not to, to wear a mask in the same with, the vaccine as well. But I mean, by the way, if the vaccine is safe and effective, right. why are we wearing masks anyways? And why are you scared of me that 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 I'm not? So I, I am all for limited government. I am a constitutional Republican. I, I used to use the word conservative. I'm kind of not using that as much because that word conservative has been so hijacked here lately. Um, I mean, my opponent says he's conservative. I don't know anything that is conservative about his voting record. Right. Just says he's conservative so that he can win elections. And and the sad part is the people don't look at his record. If 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 and 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 it's with all of our elected leaders, we got to be more engaged. We need to see what they're voting on. And uh but if elected, I, I am for medical freedom. I am for uh, the Second Amendment. I don't believe in uh, changing our Second Amendment rights whatsoever. So now let's, I am let's a, talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about the Second Amendment because that is an important issue for for many Tennesseans. You know, yeah. and, and um, we want to know, you know, how are you going to protect the rights of Tennesseans? You know, so many are pushing for gun control legislation. And um, yeah. if you remember, I think two years ago, right here in Sumner County, we had a push against pushback against unconstitutional red flag laws, and that just opens up a whole other, you know, uh, can of worms. You give them an inch, they take a yard, right? So we, we've constantly had to fight these battles uh, here in Tennessee, again, where you wouldn't expect to have to do that. Um, so, you know, you, how are you going to protect the citizens' Second Amendment rights? Well, first of all, I would never propose a bill to have a red flag law like my opponent. Now, my opponent, he, um, let's see, back in March, he uh, publicly stated that he, uh, that red flag laws were on the table. And then in, in May, he also said at the Republican Party breakfast here in Sumner County that we have to do something about the Second Amendment over the Covington shootings. And and then and then he doubled down in uh, Bill Lee's special session and he drafted a bill that he claimed he was working with the NRA. That's not true. The NRA doesn't support this bill, but he does have a bill and it is a red flag bill. Now, he'll he'll. He'll say that it's about mental health and so forth, but it's a bill that is, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We don't need it. We already have laws on the books 
for threats and, and so forth. If we would just, <laughs> if we would just, just enforce the laws we have on the book, enforce the laws that we have, uh, we we wouldn't have the you know those issues. Yeah, um, you're hundred percent right. And I know that you support the Second Amendment. Your family. Let's talk about Brenna. Yeah, Brenna, Brenna got a little bit famous there for a minute, didn't she? She did. She she you know it was funny. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but it was probably seven years ago. She she was a senior at University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. She's an amazing young woman. But she was also at that time, she was uh, the turning point rep for all the colleges in Tennessee and Kentucky. So she Oh, was, and just just to say Brenna is Chris's daughter. I don't know if I said that, but Brenna is yeah, uh, Chris's, yeah. Chris's daughter. Brenna Spencer, now T-Fault now. But, uh, and uh, so she wanted to do something interesting. Um, for her graduation photos at, at UTC. So she decided to take some friends. They went over to the bridge. She put a, a shirt on, that, the pink shirt, Women for Trump. And then she had her gun, um, her handgun in her pants, you know, and she lifted up her shirt, took some photos of that and put them uh, on her Twitter and, and social media. And, um, my wife and I were actually playing in our beach volleyball league down in Nashville. Uh, and we get a text from Brenna and she's, she's panicked. Right. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I've done. All, all, all these media people are going after me. And uh, so she, she put that out on social media and immediately it went viral. And of course the left just went after my daughter. And, and I mean, uh, ABC tried to have her arrested because they're saying that where she took that photo was a gun-free zone. I mean, so oh it, it, it's so ridiculous what they <laughs> did. But, but you know, it was amazing because the Calvary within 24 hours, the Calvary of the conservative movement came to her defense, and she just, she just appalled, she just rocketed on social media. And the very next day, my wife and I went to. Uh, Chattanooga because she was doing a interview for Fox News. So she went on Fox Fox News in the morning and she just she's just knocked it out of park. And and so she she became very famous over that 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 video or that picture, which really was is amazing. Beautiful. It, she's so beautiful, and I mean, she's an incredible, incredible young woman. Um, they, yeah, they were calling her UT Gun Girl, is what isn't that what they were calling her, UT Gun Girl? Yeah, she was actually really the first one, and then there's some copycats after her. Yeah. But I mean, she could have, if she wanted to, she probably could have, because of you know her stances, she could have been a a, a bigger figure, uh, you know, for that. But she ended up getting married and now she has a baby. So she's a mom, but and yeah. we're just so proud of her. But yeah, that was an interesting time for sure. And we were, we were proud of her because she never, she, she, she was getting killed on campus and she yeah. never backed down. And let me just say that our girls in the state of Tennessee, these, these universities are all gun-free zones, right? They're yeah. gun-free zones. I mean, and, and they're, targets. Oh, they, they, they 100% are our targets. So, I, I'm I'm against all. Of, I mean, there's a there's appropriate places to have gun free zones. Maybe you know the courthouses and, and and so forth. But that that's about it. If you're if you're we have laws like I believe the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. Right to bear meaning that we should be able to carry. But um, you can lose that right. Okay, so I don't want to say that 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 right is. No matter what, 
you can lose that right if you're a criminal and if you're a felon, right? But other than that, uh, law-abiding citizens should be able to protect themselves in their home or outside of their home, and and, and that you know, and that's just the way that's the way I feel about that. And oh, I would never, I would never do anything to take away anybody's guns right, gun rights absolutely. because I believe those are God-given rights. Absolutely. We got so much more to dig into. We're going to go to break real quick and we'll be back and dig into so much more about what you're going to be doing to serve the needs of Tennesseans. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on any media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa, 24-7 Great Talk Radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop, where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop. Look for ASEA cell signaling molecules liquid supplement and check out nurse michelle's recent favorite asia product renew 28 revitalizing redox gel because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when i broke my hip give it a try for your aches and pains and let nurses out loud hear how your health has improved how can you improve your odds of staying healthy the answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with oxy powder it's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas bloating and occasional constipation there's a reason why oxy powder is our number one seller it worked go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15 percent off using the code OUTLOUD. global healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally the pandemic may be over for some 
but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I've been talking to the candidate for Tennessee State Senate, Chris Spencer. Let's jump right back in. Chris, thanks again for being here today. Great conversation. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's so it's been great. We've been talking about, um, you know, how your your commitment to preserving individual freedoms, limited government. We've talked a little bit about how you're going to protect uh, the Second Amendment. But again, you know, I, I've been so surprised to see the things that have been allowed to to fly here in the state of Tennessee in a very conservative red state. Um, we've seen things that I never would have imagined. This world is getting a little bit upside down, right? Um, when we start thinking about the things that are going on in our schools, of course, um, that is, there's a lot of indoctrination going on. I can't even, I, I want to say fix it, but much like the medical system, I feel like it needs to be burnt down and we need to build something up alongside of it. I am really a big proponent of, um, getting, you know, getting away from the system, getting away homeschooling or doing co-ops or, you know, whatever else, because the indoctrination is real. Look at what we've seen here in this state at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt University Medical Center, where they were performing gender affirming care and mutilating children. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I didn't find out this until more recently, but, but my opponent, uh, Senator Hale, had something to do with that that gave protection to Vanderbilt University. So, um, And I talked to, I, I can't name names, but I talked to a few of the more 
conservative senators that would align with me. They're probably not going to publicly endorse me because I'm trying to take out the second most powerful establishment uh, senator. Um, but I was stunned to find out that when um, in 20, I think it was in 2021, um, Senator Hale sponsored a bill was uh, SB Senate Bill uh, 0126 or 126. And it was a bill that was talking or specifically talked about who shall not receive puberty blockers and start the transition. And in the language, Beryl Hale specifically targeted what they call um, Tanner stage one. Okay, so the bill basically said that anybody at Tanner stage one shall not receive puberty blockers. And and nobody knows, I don't think, maybe you, do you know what puberty or uh, Tanner stage one is, Kimberly? I do not. Okay, so so that's amazing. So yeah. I didn't know it, I didn't know it either, but so there's, I think there's five stages to puberty, okay? And Tanner stage one is for basically eight and under, okay? And so the, the rest of the Republicans, uh, Senate, including the governor and so forth, they signed this bill, okay? Not knowing what the heck it meant, all right? And so they never looked into what it was. They just that, signed it. Correct. Yeah, now that's on them, all right? So, yeah. but, but they, they, they literally signed this bill into law, okay? And let me tell you what that, that meant by putting that Tanner stage one. Farrell Hale knew what this meant, okay? Mm-hmm. He's a pharmacist. He's a pharmacist. He knows what that means. <laughs> so basically what the law was that Tanner, nobody at Tanner stage one can receive puberty blockers and start transition. But everybody outside of that can. So it so makes it nine. a law to allow nine and up to start the, this transition with puberty blockers and so forth. Wow. And so and so when the Matt Walsh story happened, it it, it, went, it was chaos, right? Uh, Vanderbilt was doing these puberty blockers for nine and up year, year olds. And of course the media started asking questions and they and and I talked to one of the senators and they they were they all were like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Thank God. Thank God we signed Farrell Hale's bill, right? So uh, we're protected, right? Well, Vanderbilt Hospital comes out and they, when Matt Walsh does this and Vanderbilt Hospital comes out and what do they say? They say, we are just following the current laws of the Mm -hmm. state of Tennessee. And when that happened, a crap storm happened, right? And, And so... Uh, the governor come out and and all these, the speaker and all these people were coming out saying, oh my gosh, we need an investigation into this, right? Well, the investigation should have been focused on Farrell Hale, but no one knew about this. I didn't know about this. I don't think anybody knows, knows about it. And, and even today, nobody knows. Matt Walsh probably doesn't even know <laughs> about this. Um, but so, so that law came in an effect, right? Immediately, once some of the senators found out what what th- this law really meant, 
the next session, they put forth new legislation to, to nullify uh, Bill 126. Um, and one of the champions of this uh, sits on that. Uh, well, I better, I'm going to be given too much information, but one of the senators drafted a bill. It did not even get out of committee. So that law stayed a law for two straight years in the state of Tennessee. Now they finally passed a bill. And this is how deceiving Mr. Hale is. He sent a mailer out last week saying that he signed a bill to stop transgendering for minors. I mean, it's, it's just stunning how he can say that with a, a straight face, but that's what we are dealing with. He, it was his sponsored bill that deceived the Republican Party and the governor into signing into law to allow puberty blockers for nine and up. Wow. Yeah, I can, I can, I have very strong feelings about um, Senator Hale and uh, what he's done uh, in the state, uh, the bills that he has supported, the bills that he has not supported, such as um, the patient's rights bill. Uh, for example, that we we were fighting uh, so hard. It's a very straightforward bill that simply protected patients' rights and their, um, you know, their right to medical freedom and, and informed consent, really basic stuff, you know, and uh, would not support it. They allowed that bill to die in committee. Um, so I, I have very, very strong feelings about uh, Senator Hale and that I really feel like he, he needs to be removed from office. And uh, I really look forward to having you in that seat because I know, having known you now for uh, several years and knowing what you stand for, um, and as we talked about how, how you raised your girls and, and how they're standing up for what they believe in, um, it's very clear to me that you are the the only choice for this district 18 seat. Um, but you know, we I'm not a one issue voter, certainly. I mean, medical freedom is obviously a big one for me and and uh, protecting children. Um, Second Amendment is huge. But what about there are other things, right? What about infrastructure? Infrastructure is going to play a vital role in economic development, quality of life for residents. We have all seen um, the quality of life diminish here in Sumner County as more and more um, of these uh, high high density developments get built. But how can you, you know, prioritize infrastructure projects um, and secure funding for these improvements that need to happen in Tennessee because we are growing, you know, and the infrastructure is not keeping up with that growth. Yeah, well, here's the, here, the, the real question is, is what has Farrell Hale done 12 years at his, mm-hmm. at, at, yeah. as a senator. So, so I mean, it, it's, it's, I'll, ha- I have some ideas, but it's not, it's, but, but I think our focus should be Farrell Hale has been 12 years. The bypass is still probably five years from even being started. And yeah. some people tell me when I talk to them, but, but Farrell Hale's in such high position. He's second in charge of the Senate. If we elect you, Chris, then you're going to be at the bottom and we won't be able to get those things. And I, and I just sit there and laugh. And when I listen, he's not doing anything now. (laughs) He hasn't done anything. He has done absolutely nothing to help us with our infrastructure. Um, So um, there are some ideas that I would like to do. Uh, First of all, 
I'm not against growth, but but I am against high density growth. Yeah. We've done too much of that, especially in the city of Gallatin. I just read somewhere yesterday that the city of Gallatin has more apartments now than um, or new apartments than the second most in, in in the entire state, I believe. And and all that does is just put more traffic on that bypass. Yeah. So I, I'm not for high density. I, I I'm for growth. I would love to see our developments, you know, with half acres, you know, but that's more of a a city and a county issue. That's not a state issue that that I would be uh, in charge of. But that that's our our local uh, representatives need to right. take care of that. And and we got some great ones in our Sumner uh, County mission, but we need mm-hmm. some new blood at, at the city of Gallatin uh, in their aldermen or council that the council at large. Council, yeah. I would I mean I would love to explore the idea. You have this amazing, I'll tell you a fun, funny story. I was at the Wilson County Republican um, meeting, their breakfast meeting, uh, two Saturdays ago. They're, and they're, they're trying to do something similar that we've been able to achieve here in Sumner County, and that is to get good Christian constitutional Republicans uh, elected. And one of the uh, men that's running for school board, when he found out who I was, he came over to me and he said, so you're Chris Spencer. And I said, yeah. He said, I was wondering who you were because I can see your sign from across the lake. So, you know, I live on the lake here and I have yeah. this 16 foot sign that says elect Chris Spencer. And he lives in Mount Juliet, which is literally, oh, wow. I can look yeah. at his house. Yeah. Now I can, and it takes me it would take me, you know, in a boat, it would take me one minute to get over to his house. But it's if not I want the craziest to his, thing. <laughs> when I, if I want to go to his house, I have to drive all the way around. It would take me an hour, you know, to, to get there. And we have such problems on 65 right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if they're fixable, right? I mean, because the, I don't know if they can even expand any more lanes in some of the areas because of the, the bridges. The lanes are already up against the bridges, right? Yeah. So, so. We need to try to find a solution to getting downtown from Sumner County because we're growing, growing so much. And I would like to at least look at a study to connect Hendersonville and Old Hickory mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of reasons, for, for pro-business reasons, because they can come over here and enjoy our restaurants and recreational and we can vice versa. Yeah. But the also maybe there's a way that we can connect uh, to uh, another road to, to allow some of the Sumner County uh, traffic because it's a nightmare for people now to, that work downtown. I mean, it's in the morning, it takes way more than an hour if you leave at a certain time. And if you come home anytime after three, you're, you're, you're just stuck. And it, it's just, it's not good. So that would be one thing that I would like to study for sure. Yeah, I think that it, it's so important. Infrastructure is, again, it's going to play a vital role. Um, so definitely something. And I, as we've seen, you know, there's a lot of it that's handled at the, uh, the local and county level. But there are a lot of things that, that and they'll tell you, well, that's a state, that's a state issue, that's a state issue. And then it just kind of sits there forever and never gets addressed, never gets done. Um, we're talking about like synchronization of like red lights and things like that, um, you know, lane widening that never seems to, to happen. And that's all they kind of just 
throw it off. It's a state issue and then the state never takes care of it and, and nothing ever happens. So I'm, I'm certain that you will be putting pressure out and applying that where it needs to be. Um, but, uh, you know, beyond that, the economy uh, is a mess, right? Yep. <laughs> the economy is a mess and that's going to be a crucial aspect of any political agenda. Do you have any specific steps or anything in mind that, uh, that you're going to take to promote economic growth and job creation in the state of Tennessee? Well, I would love to see, you know, again, to be a partner with our mayor, uh, both mayors in Gallatin and in Hendersonville and try to get, we have, we, you know, we, we do need, it would be nice to have some um, ways of getting some industries to come here to, because we have a, a big community now, right? Um, so, so I, I, I am for definitely for economic opportunities here. Uh, I know, I guess Facebook has come, but they, it could be in a bigger way, but, um, but I think, uh, first of all, uh, we have, uh, some inflation. Look, he voted for the gas tax, you know, a couple of years ago. So, so our gas is more expensive because of, of Farrell Hale and, and, and his votes on the gas tax. Yeah. But one critical thing that I'm, uh, that is very important in this race is illegal immigration, right? So Farrell supported illegals to get in-state tuition, to get business license, to get a uh, driver's license here uh, in Tennessee. It didn't pass, but he voted with the Democrats for all that. We are currently spending somewhere, we've spent close to a billion dollars, I think, because of illegals. Yeah. Um, it's causing our schools to overflow, right? And so you know, we really need to tackle this issue of Ill illegal immigration. Now, some people might um, go after me because that that might uh, actually hurt some, you know, of the economy as far as building and, and so forth. But there are there has to be legal ways that we can allow workers to stay uh, that can pay taxes that can help some of this infrastructure, right? They shouldn't just be able to stay here illegally and then and then work. So we got to we have to have a plan to to make them not citizens, but allow them to work if necessary, like it used to be employers. If they needed work, they could apply to, to use, you know, immigration as, as but they need jobs. We just can't let people come here with no jobs. Right. Right. I mean, it's crazy. So. Um, but but I'm for I'm I, I, I'm a, I'm pro uh, economic growth in in a smart way. Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not against growth. Certainly, I'm not against growth. But responsible growth um, is is what needs to happen. And again, I'm against that high density, um, especially when we don't have the infrastructure to keep up with it. Um, one thing I do want to touch on though is you're you're in District 18. Yes. So for anybody in Tennessee who doesn't know, what what does that cover? What counties does that cover? Um, so people may not realize what, I, what I've come to find out, Chris, is that many people don't know what district they're in, what ward they're in. Very um, uninformed electorate, unfortunately. So we try to provide a lot of education. So tell us where uh, your district covers. Yeah, so District 18 covers all of Sumner County, every bit of it, and all of Trousdale County, every bit of it. So those two counties. Okay. So if you are in Sumner County or Trousdale County in Tennessee, um, I would implore you to get to know Chris Spencer. Um, and, uh, and, and my so website, my website oh, is yeah. Chris Spencer, 
like Chris Spencer for Senate.com. And I will include that in the show notes that will accompany this episode when it goes to podcast. So you'll have the link to Chris's website um, and uh, everything, all the information that you'll need to know. There's some great information on there on uh, his platform where he stands on these different issues. Again, I have uh, no doubt in my mind that he will do an incredible job representing the state of Tennessee and certainly representing uh, the the people uh, for medical freedom, informed consent, bodily autonomy. You would not have a better champion than Chris Spencer. Chris, thank you so much for being here with me today. We'll have to have you back as the uh, election season starts heating up. I look forward to it. Thank you, Kimberly. Good work. You're so welcome. Thank you so much, Chris. Bye-bye. That's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as I hand off the baton to Nurse Michelle. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our light and expose the darkness. It's time and